For epic dark fantasy author Christopher Husberg, writing that first novel was the easy part. After all, there are plenty of writing advice, resources, and books available for the aspiring author. But when it came time to write that second book, there were a whole new set of challenges. By the time Christopher wrapped up the final installment in the Chaos Queen Quintet, published by Titan, he'd overcome a series of unique hurdles. In this interview, you're going to hear his thoughts on writing a series, the process of finding an agent, and how he first found the courage to take writing seriously. Hello, and welcome to the Fearless Storyteller Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Freckleton. Have you ever noticed how fear stops us from creating and sharing our best work? Join the Fearless Storyteller as we explore the heart and soul of writing stories, songs, and scripts that sell with the people who write them. Each guest has their own unique hero's journey and insights into the intersections between limiting beliefs and success. This podcast episode is sponsored by me. I'm Ethan Freckleton, a mindset coach for author entrepreneurs. I help author entrepreneurs to achieve a sustainable, flexible, profitable business without all the burnout and overwhelm. Learn more by visiting ethanfreckleton.com forward slash mindset. Christopher Husberg, welcome to the Fearless Storyteller. Thank you very much. I'm really happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me to uh, have a chat with you. Yeah, you bet. And I have one canned question, and this is it. Um, for right. people who, who may not know who you are, what would you like to share about yourself? Yeah, so I, uh, let's see, where, where to begin? Um, I am an author, uh, you know, a storyteller, first and maybe not first and foremost, but for the purposes of this podcast, first and foremost, um, and uh, I write books, so I write, uh, right now I have four books out um, with Titan Books. It's a dark epic fantasy series. Uh, the first book, Duskfall, came out in 2016. And uh, the last book, uh, Dawn Rise, uh, book five in the series, which is which will be wrapping up that series, was intended to come out in June of this year, but because of covid reasons uh mm -hmm. it has been delayed to december 8th so right now uh we're looking at december 8th for the final book in that series to come out yeah um, and i imagine you have mixed feelings about that i do definitely have mixed feelings because what's 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 frustrating yeah these and they're big you know fairly large epic fantasy books um so it felt good to get that out and i have a number of you know, fans and friends who were <laughs> who were anxiously awaiting the conclusion of the series, you know, right. and, and have been disappointed in, the, uh, you know, with the fact that it's not it's not coming out in uh, in June. And but uh, but at the same time, it's uh, I'm happy that my you know, that it's still coming out. You know, I'm happy uh, in, in some ways from uh, from a marketing perspective. I mean, that's that's part of the reason why it was delayed is that. Mm -hmm. uh, my publisher is hoping that there will be more people willing to go to bookstores and willing to, um, I mean, as far as I've seen, the book industry in general has not taken 
Um, I mean, it's been disrupted for sure by the coronavirus uh, pandemic, but it hasn't taken a huge hit, uh, at least compared to some other businesses when it comes to, you know, demand. Um, Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so I I think ultimately it's a good thing. You know, Um, I I think it is a good thing, but it's, it is kind of, kind of frustrating and, um, yeah. And then it's frustrating because I don't have anybody to blame. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, the, it's the fault of a virus that, that has no, you know, like it's, yeah. uh, you know, so anyway, it's, but like uh, I said, I'm really happy it, it will be coming out. It, it felt really good to finish that last book in a five book series. Yeah. Um, and to finish, wrap up that storyline. Um, that was really cool, but, uh, and I'm excited for everybody to, to read that conclusion, you know? Yeah. And I suppose on the one hand, you know, I, I imagine you're grateful that they didn't just release it out there without marketing exactly. it. Right. Yep. Yeah. Cause especially it was supposed to come out in June, which, uh, not yeah, the best it release window, not, perhaps not the best release window. And, uh, I mean, who knows? You know what I mean? It's it's really hard to say uh, mm-hmm. if it could have done well or not. But I think the odds were stacked against it. You know, so yeah. So uh, well, I imagine dark. Yeah. I imagine dark epic fantasy works really well, like in the middle of winter when the days are short and yeah, people you know. have lots of time to read and brood and uh, yeah, <laughs> right, read and brood. And so, what is it like? Um, finishing a series what does that feel like and like what does that bring up for you uh yeah i mean it's interesting i mean the whole process of writing a series has actually been very interesting for me because i you know when i when i first decided i wanted to you know try writing books for a living mm-hmm. um i'd i'd been to you know dozens of panels and listened to all these podcasts and read books on how to write books, you know, and, and I uh, felt very confident in writing my first book. Like, I mean, not to say that it wasn't difficult. Uh, Mm -hmm. It definitely took a lot of effort and a lot of discipline. Um, But I, you know, the literature that I had read and and everything that I had heard sort of guided me through the process, seemed to have an answer for when I got stuck. Um, When I got to book two, there was a lot less of that. Like, Mm -hmm. there's not a lot of stuff out there that's like, oh, this is how you write book two in a series, (laughs) you know, it's mostly this is how you write your book. And and that's and there's nothing wrong with that. And I think the demand for how do you write book two in an epic fantasy series is probably not huge. But at the same time, you know, it's and and even on, on panels or anything, I. I, it was, it was hard to sort of, uh, I didn't get that kind of advice a lot, you know? Yeah. So book yeah. two was a, was a really steep learning curve for me. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, books three and four, I, I felt pretty confident with because, uh, because of the learning curve from book two, you know, I, I, I'd written a sequel and, uh, and that's what I was doing again and again. And so that wasn't a huge issue, but then wrapping the series up again, I came to this sort of hurdle that I had never you know, I hadn't jumped over before and, uh, it was a little bit daunting. Um, but at the same time I felt, you know, my, one of my big, one of the biggest things I learned with book two was that for me, at least it's not a good idea to discovery, write An entire series. Mm. <laughs> um, I, I, I discovery wrote the first book, which, which is to say that I wrote it with basically without an outline. I just kind of wrote yeah. and, uh, opened and, a bunch of loops. Exactly. Yeah. And that's great. It was really fun. And and book two, I approached that way at first, 
but I ended up, you know, I, I, it was hard for me to focus on the promises and, and the setups that I'd already made in the first book, as well as everything else I wanted to open up mm-hmm. in the second book. And it just mm-hmm. was a compound problem. Um, and then I decided to outline and things got much better. Um, so by the time book five rolled around, I had a very solid outline and I knew, you know, not in every detail, but especially with the very end, what was going to happen. And, um, and, you know, it was, it was just a, a matter of getting the characters from the end of book four to the ending that was pretty clear to me at the end of book five, you know, mm. and that, and that wasn't difficult, but, yeah. uh, but it was, it was really great. I mean, overall it was, it was, uh, the process of the book of writing the book was probably my favorite um, of the five. I would, mm. I think, I, I think I can say that. I mean, I, I, if I really thought about it, I might uh, decide differently, but I think um, I, I imagine it's a, it's a combination of sort of the catharsis of, of bringing so many of these characters to the end of their arcs um, of wrapping up this story that I'd taken so long to tell, you know, and um uh yeah it was it was really cool i i I think i can say that it was probably my favorite book to write Mm -hmm. book four was also really great book four both books four and five uh included scenes and sequences that i had been planning for more than a decade right that that (laughs) were these are precious moments precious moments yeah yeah exactly they were the reason i started writing uh dustfall book one uh, to begin with, right? Like I was working towards those scenes. So it was really cool to get to those. Um, but, but then having it all just sort of, um, you know, culminate in book five was, was really cool. And, and, and I didn't have, you know, it, it like I said, I think largely because I, I had a strong, uh, idea of what the ending was going to be. Um, it wasn't difficult. Like I, I struggled with a couple other books in the series sometimes with, you know, how to get characters from point A to point z or whatever and mm-hmm. and uh and and you know eventually been able to write my way out of those things and i think that's that's part of being a writer at least at least for me is is and part of the fun actually is trying to solve those puzzles you know it's i sort of look at look at it like i'm trying to solve a puzzle and and mm-hmm. it's kind of fun that way but uh but book five was it was um yeah it was relatively easy i mean easy is not the right word uh it was pleasant you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, um, I do. It, it was a pleasant process, um, and and uh, and it was it was cool. Yeah, I I know. Like for some writers, right, especially when it involves the that precious thing you've been planning for years and right. haven't written, that there's a lot of pressure around that, and maybe that's the reason people avoid actually writing or finishing. And when yeah. you got when you came to that bridge where it was finally there like what did that bring up for you yeah you know that's an interesting question um i think i mean there definitely was some some fear and some pressure when i went into that um of oh my gosh well i've had these scenes in my mind for so long will i can i actually do them justice Mm -hmm. can i actually can i actually present them on the page in a way that uh people will see how great they are in my mind you know because yeah, yeah. <laughs> i had no doubt that no doubt that in my mind there are some really awesome cool scenes uh that i really liked uh the question was well can i do this and and have other people think the same thing does that give you confidence for kind of moving forward are you like are you feeling like nervous about entering into new projects or you've like extra excited now that you've proved you can do it 
Yeah, a little bit of both. You know, it's it's interesting because I talked earlier about how I there was all this advice out there about how to write a book, but not a lot about how to write a series. Um, and I, I feel like I had gotten into the zone of writing a series, right? I'd, I'd worked on it pretty exclusively uh, for about, I mean, uh, book book one came out in 2016, um, and I was working on it uh, pretty pretty much full time a couple of years before, a year or two before that. Uh, and then book 20 is coming out this year. So, you know, a, a solid five or six years of, of, uh, of working on the series pretty exclusively Yeah, with the occasional side project, but, but mostly these books. Um, and so when I finished them, it was, it did feel very strange to say, okay, now I can write anything I want. Uh, yeah. I don't have any more sequels to write here. Uh, there's some, there's some side novels in that, in that world that I want to get to at some point, but those weren't what were really drawing my attention, um, you know, right off, right after finishing, I wanted to do something new, something uh, a little bit more refreshing. And, and so there was some, uh, I kind of felt rusty going, jumping into my first, uh, my first novel, you know, it's it's a standalone. So I'm working on a few different projects right now. Mm. The main one is a, is a standalone fantasy novel. Um, so it's not a series, and I did that intentionally because I didn't want to commit myself to another series just yet. I have, I do have ideas for another trilogy and another series and other things down the line, but uh, but I just wanted to write a standalone and just get something out there that uh, you know that can stand for itself. And and yeah. so it was, but it was it was pretty hard actually <laughs> to uh, the world building was fun. It was really fun to build a new world, a brand new world, new magic, new characters. That was really cool. Um, and mainly cause I think I hadn't, I hadn't done that since I started this other, the chaos queen. Right. And this is probably what gets us into writing in the first place. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's really funny, you know, and, and people talk about world builders disease where you can just, you know, <laughs> just yeah. continue, you know, just build your world perpetually in perpetuity. Yeah. Um, and never write the story. And, and some people do that actually. And that's, and that's great. And some people do that and they, and they turn those worlds into like, RPG settings or something, you know, and right. that's all cool. Um, but for me, I, what, what draws me the most when I read books is, is, is the story, but specifically characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it, what, what I really love is, is eventually mashing all of those elements into a story and, and into some specific characters and seeing where it takes them. Um, and that part was where it got a little bit, it, it felt a little bit rocky for me. The world building went, went very smoothly. It was really fun to just build this brand new, totally different world. Um, and then, but then mashing it into the character, you know, trying to develop these characters and, 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 uh, and just writing those first few chapters, you know, yeah. felt, uh, if I was, I had a little bit of imposter syndrome thinking, what am I, what am I doing? You know, how, how can I, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Cause I, I feel like I am lost, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, but, uh, the, for me, one of the most important things when it comes to writing is just trying to be consistent and trying to, you know, acknowledging that, yeah, sure. I, I might be having a hard time, but, uh, the only way I'm going to, uh, get past any point in a book is to write through it. You know, yeah. I'm not yeah. going to get past any point in a book where I have, you know, quote unquote writer's block or, or, uh, or, I'm, or, or maybe, I, you know, there are so many things that can trip up a writer from, um, you know, from life, life changes to, uh, you know, depression or, or, or sickness or family mm. things. So, there are so many things that can, that can throw a wrench into a writer's process. Right. Um, right. But I've, I've always, what, what I've realized for myself is that I, uh, 
you know, I'm, I'm never going to get out of those situations when I feel stuck in a book um, by not writing. Um, I, I, and that's not to say that I just am constantly writing. Like sometimes I, it's helpful for me to take a step back and just think about things or, or look at my outline or, or, uh, you know, rework a character or something like that's, that's helpful too. Right. But eventually I always have to get back to writing because otherwise the book is not going to get, I mean, it's, 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 it sounds obvious, but, but there's a part of me that could just delay it indefinitely, you know? Right. Um, well, and I imagine there's a question of just what were your real goals and needs at the time you started versus what are the, your goals yeah. and needs now? Right. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, and, and because those change and, uh, and maybe what I, and, and similar, you know, along those lines, um, the theme of a story uh, or what I think is the theme of a story uh, changes, can mm -hmm. change mm -hmm. um, pretty significantly towards when I, when I get further into the book and when I get to know the characters a little bit better. Um, and, and sometimes me being stuck is just me sort of refusing to acknowledge that, oh, like the theme, the entire theme of my book has changed and I need mm -hmm. to acknowledge that mm -hmm. and sort of put it into words and, and move forward with that in mind. And sometimes it, all it takes is that little acknowledgement and, and, oh, okay, so instead of being about this, my story I think now is actually about this slightly related or maybe completely different other thing and, uh, and it's okay to run with that, you know? Yeah. Um, Does that, like, you know, do you feel resistance when you realize, oh, that means I'm going to have to go back and pay attention when I'm editing or revising? Yeah, a little before. bit. I mean, I... I've gotten to a point where I think very little, and this is this is uh, both a, a positive and a negative thing. Um, I think very little about the editing process when I am writing a first draft. Yeah, um, I just kind of tumble through it, and I just I just I just gather as much momentum as I can, and I run with it. That's good um, thing, for me. Yeah. For me, that's the most effective way to just get out of first draft is just yeah. to is just to build up as much momentum as, as I can and, and coast with it as far as possible. Um, and, and ideally to the end of the book. Right. Um, and, and then when I get to the editing process, I, I, and so that's, that's a positive thing in that uh, it makes my first drafts. Um, a lot of the time they're really fun to write. Um, a lot of the time uh, I, uh, you know, it's uh, uh, it's easier to overcome some of those blocks um, mm -hmm. when I'm, when I'm sort of working with that kind of momentum. Um, but on the, on the negative side, when I get to revision, half the time I'll have a character that I decided didn't need to be in the book halfway through and just sort of dropped them or mm -hmm. sp spontaneously generated a character in the middle of a book that is now that I now have to retroactively insert into previous scenes, you know, or, um, or, or like scenes that, that end halfway through. Cause I'm, cause as I'm writing, I realize, oh, I don't need this scene. So I just mm -hmm. stop writing. But sometimes in revision, I, I'm, I look at that scene again and I'm like, oh, you know what? Actually I do need this scene and it goes here. So it does sometimes create a little bit more work for me in the revision process, but, but I'm okay with that. Um, I, I actually don't mind revision. I, there was a point earlier in my writing career, I, I, I was all about writing the first draft and I did not care for a revision. It mm. was very tedious for me and um, I didn't like it. But, but now I think I mentioned this already. It's, I sort of look at it as, as solving a puzzle where I can say, okay, yeah, my book has these problems, but how can I, 
how can I solve these problems in the most efficient way possible, right? Because mm -hmm. I can write, I can write, if I have 20 problems in my book, which is a completely, completely arbitrary number, but let's just say 20 problems in a book, um, I could write 20 different scenes to solve those problems, but what if I could write like five different scenes to solve those 20 problems? Like mm -hmm. that's less work for me, and it's also a more efficient storytelling, you know, and, and, and can, can potentially create more powerful moments for, for characters and for the story. Right. Um, so it's, uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, I, I do actually, I don't mind revision these days. Um, and, uh, and I, yeah, I, I think it's really interesting and can be really fun to kind of look at how I can solve all the puzzles that I create for myself in my book. Yeah, it sounds like you've embraced slowing down in the process and how much of that early resistance or right discomfort with revision process was maybe about patience or worry about not being able to maintain momentum. A lot. Down. Yeah. yeah, a lot, uh, for sure. It was, uh, I mean, I mean, it might've been mostly that because I, because for me, revision, um, meant that I couldn't, I couldn't, I can't use momentum in revision in the way that I use it in a first draft, you know, right. Like in a first draft, I just have these ideas tumbling out. Um, not all the time. I mean, there are times where I struggle with the first draft. Let me let me be clear. Um, but when I really get into a groove, it's just tumbling out, and it's and it's coming. Um, the story's just pouring out of me, and it's really cool and it's really fun. Mm -hmm. Revision that doesn't uh, that just it's at least for me, it's impossible to use that kind of momentum in revision, and so it inevitably and it inevitably means slowing down mm -hmm. and taking a step back. And saying, okay, if this isn't working, does that mean that my entire story isn't working or just that I need to tweak something here or maybe think about how to rework this character? Um, and that reworking and tweaking uh, can be tough. Yeah. Um, and there's another side to revision, of course, which is more like, uh, you know, grammatical and, and looking at the prose. And, and, that's, uh, and I think that's an entirely different animal, you know, sort of the editing side. Yeah. of revision as opposed to the the story side of revision um and both of those for me feel you know the the latter this the editing side feels very tedious for me sometimes where i'm just mm -hmm. like oh, I, I can hardly get myself to pay attention to this page because i already wrote it <laughs> i already wrote it and yeah. uh and i mean i in my in my mind in the back of my mind i know that there are that there are things i could tweak i know that i could make the language better i know that there i'm sure there are so you know some trimming that i could do um but it's just, you know, page after page when you're working on a, on a 200,000 word novel, it's, it's, yeah. it uh, oh, it gets tedious. It does. Um, yeah. And I, and I imagine like, you know, you talk about like there's changes, like are they need to be deep structural changes or can I like a small little brush stroke just do the job? Yeah. I imagine in isolation, those questions are easier, but when you're, if you don't have a, like a way to systematize managing that, those questions through, yeah. something of that size yep be overwhelming yeah. and you so i imagine you get the opportunity to work with editors and have throughout yep. this process and i'm curious like if over time dealing with that and the different types of edits you get like what have you taken away from that that's maybe like helped you enjoy this process more yeah i, I mean i think first of all i've been very fortunate even before that, let me even say 
before that, first of all, first of all, uh, I think for me, it's very important to, to, uh, work with other people during the revision process. Um, I've, uh, with my, with Duskfall, the first novel in the series, before I, before I had an agent, before I had it published, I had a group of friends that I sent it, sent it around to, um, that I, that I had beta read the book for me and give me feedback. Uh, and that was very helpful. I think it's, it was a far stronger book. And I think that's why I eventually was able to get an agent with it because I had, um, people who, you know, definitely a couple people who knew what they were doing when it came to writing, but also a couple people that were just kind of readers and they weren't writers. They hadn't been to any creative writing classes or read any books on the subject, but they read a lot, you know, and, and they gave me their feedback and I found it very helpful. And I think that's part of why I was able to, you know, get an agent and eventually a, a, a publishing deal with that first book. Mm. Um, and, but then, yeah, working with editors, uh, it has been a very positive experience for me. I, I what I was going to say earlier is that I've, I've been very fortunate in that I've, I've really appreciated and I think gotten along with, with all of my editors so far. I've had, I've had three editors on my series, um, from Titan books. Mm -hmm. Um, one of, one of my, one of my editors eventually moved to another publishing house and then uh, my second editor uh, went on maternity leave. And so then I finished that series with a third editor mm. um, and each one of them actually, I felt uh, I, I think did a fantastic job and each of them were very um, kind of in their own different ways, but, but each of them were very uh, astute and kind of tuned in to what I was doing with the story and, and were able to give me feedback um, that I found genuinely helpful. You yeah. know? Um, and, and very rarely did I come across any feedback where I even wanted to push it, push back against, you know? Um, and even when I did, uh, they were usually pretty accommodating with that. So I, so I think I had a generally a pretty positive actually hmm. editing experience. Um, did you I, ever, did you ever dread opening that email? <laughs> oh, every time. Oh yeah. yeah. Even yeah. though my experience had been very positive every time I got the email, you know, uh, I, I, I usually didn't even open it right away cause I just couldn't bring myself to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I, it would just sit in my inbox for a couple of days until finally, maybe not a couple, uh, yeah, probably a couple of days until finally I, you know, gathered the courage to open uh -huh. it and look at it. Um, <laughs> be and, kind of like, I, I saw that you, grew up on final fantasy and I, oh, yeah. I'm imagining it being like, Oh, I got this quest and need to go to this place. I'm just not ready. I'm going to like grind for a couple of exactly. days. Yeah, I need to level up a chip, little bit before I going to chip around here. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I, so I, even though it's been a very positive experience, I still definitely have get that anxiety of, of, you know, Oh, what are they going to say about my work? Like, are they going to hate it? Or are they going to just think I'm terrible or like, or whatever. And, uh, yeah. And that's definitely still there. I don't think, I'm not sure if that'll ever go away. Um, yeah. And that's okay. You know, like, like I said, it's not, uh, for, for me, it's not something that is uh, debilitating, which I'm grateful for. Um, but, but I, but I've come to an understanding that, yeah, sometimes I might need a day or two to sort of prepare myself <laughs> mm. to, to look at that feedback in, in a way that I can sort of accept it and, and internalize it and, and move forward working with it. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so you you work in in this way you know you have an agent and a publisher for this series and in a sense you have these gatekeepers to work through and work with right yeah as you go and what's that what's that like you know yeah for me it is 
again, generally it's been very positive, but like I said, I've appreciated working with my editors. Um, my agent is fantastic. Uh, he, I think, uh, in, in a lot of ways exemplifies the best that, I mean, I guess I've only had one agent, so I don't have a lot to compare it to, but from what I've heard from other writers, um, you know, the varying things that they've said about agents that they've had, uh, I'm really appreciative of mine. Mm. Um, cause first and foremost, he's, he's willing to, you know, my, my agent doesn't feel like, uh, uh, it, it, it feels like he's willing to fight for me, you know, mm. mm-hmm. and that he wants to get my work out there. He thinks I'm, you know, he thinks I do good work and he wants other people to see it. Yeah. And, um, and you know, it's possible that he actually doesn't think that, and he's just telling me that, but he makes me feel that way, which is, which is really important. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. and ultimately, if he really didn't feel that way, he would probably not represent me. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. The nature of, of agent author relationships is usually, you know, an agent is usually not going to work with somebody who does, who they don't think is going to, who could, could potentially be successful in, in one way or another. You right. know? Right. Um, uh, and so I've, I've, uh, Overall, my experience has been positive. Um, I, uh, I mean, I, I hated the process of getting an agent. You know, like that was that was <laughs> miserable for me. Um, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm an introvert. Uh, you know, if, if we sort of, yeah. I mean, I, I just I don't enjoy usually being in giant like like going to cons, for example. Yeah. Um, when I went to cons before I was, you know, before I decided to kind of be a full time writer, I went to cons to like uh, to go to panels and to learn, right? Like that's, that was kind of my, uh, I, I didn't go to like, I mean, I, I would see friends or sometimes make friends at cons. Um, but, uh, but that was never like, I was never like, Oh, I'm just going to hang out with so many people. It's going to be so fun. I was like, Oh, cool. I'm excited to learn a bunch of stuff about writing mm-hmm. um, and that kind of a thing. And, and I, and kind so, of waiting to feel ready maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was a big part of it. Yeah. I, I knew that, uh, yeah. Um, and, and for me, I, I actually forwent the querying process when it came to agents, or, or I, I, I postponed it, or you could maybe say, because I, I had heard from various authors that they'd found success going to conferences and talking directly with, with editors and agents and, and you right. know, sort of pitching their work uh, at, at conferences and and uh, so I resolved to do that myself. I, I'd already been to a few, you know, there's some local conferences in Utah that I'd been to. And, um, and the other two big ones that I was aware of at the time were, were Worldcon and World Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so basically I did a ton of research on all the editors that I knew uh, would, would attend Worldcon that year. And... Uh, and tried to learn as much about the books that they represented and their agencies as, as I could mm-hmm. and uh, sort of went armed with this knowledge and sort of had an idea of who might be more susceptible to my work and who might not be. Um, I, I practiced my pitch, you know, I had several different pitches of, of different lengths and, and practiced all of them over and over again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because, because I'm not, that's because some authors can just on the fly, uh, Hey, yeah, sure. Let me tell you my work. I, I don't like doing that. I don't, yeah. I, uh, even, even when it comes to like, even when I'm just talking with other writers in like a, in, in a more intimate setting where we're just kind of hanging out or whatever. And they ask what I'm working on at, at the moment. I, I usually don't like talking about it. I, I just like for people to read my stuff. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't love to like, 
oh, well, let me tell you about this magic system. I mean, I think it's cool. I like it myself, but I, that's just not something that is easy for me to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it puts and, a lot of uh, pressure on going to that convention too. It, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, it did put a lot of, I, I put a lot of pressure on myself, I think. Um, and, you know, though, and my first pitch was, was miserable. Um, I mean, I literally, this is true. I, I forgot the names of my main characters in this, <laughs> yeah. which was my own fault because I, I only changed the, I, I changed the names of my main characters just like a, like a month before I went to this conference. Yeah. Um, and so I went and I was just like stumbling over the names of the characters in this pitch, you know? And, uh, and, and this is actually another funny thing that, that first agent that I, that I pitched to, um, uh, he was like, after I kind of got through my thing, he was like, you know, that was pretty bad. Um, but you like, you're wearing a Buffy the Vampire t-shirt, which I think is cool. Um, uh, you, he told me a couple other things. He, he, I, he was really nice. He told yeah. me a couple other things that I did. He, I think he could clearly tell I, I was not experienced at doing this, you know? Yeah. Um, and he, and he was like, but here's, here's a couple things you did do well. Um, and you know, keep, keep going. Like, like you, I mean, <laughs> the idea doesn't sound that bad. I think you just really messed it up, you know? Um, yeah, and it, but that, uh, that is so kind of the going. process, right? Like it is. You, it is and we don't know that going in when we're new to these environments, but yeah. you know, it's set up. You, you learn by doing these uncomfortable things. Exactly. Right? And they're not expecting people to come in and be awesome. That, that's a really good point. Um, yeah. Editors don't expect perfect pitches. In fact, the, uh, the, there was a guy that was waiting, waiting right next to me to talk to the same agent. Mm. And right after I did my thing, he get it, gave a pitch, which was, which sounded awesome. Like it was this really high concept idea. Um, he just delivered it so well. Um, uh, but the funny thing is that first agent that I pitched to not mm. at the time, but eventually that's the agent that actually picked me up. He, he's the one, uh, he's, he's the guy that eventually asked if, if, uh, he could represent me. Mm. And, uh, and so, you know, it, it goes to show that, yeah, they're not looking for the perfect pitch. They're not looking for, um, you know, I, I'm sure they'd be very happy to hear an earth shattering high concept idea. You know, I'm, I'm sure that could potentially be a good thing. Right. Um, but they're looking for so much more beyond that. And, and they're also just very understanding that like, yeah, where <laughs> nobody is, uh, you know, you know we, we may all be professionals here, but uh, we're all at varying levels. And a lot of agents are looking for up-and-coming people. And yeah. up-and-coming people may, may be very inexperienced and may be very bad at giving pitches. And I think that they understand that. Yeah, you know, that, that, that a good writer yeah. is not necessarily a good pitcher. You know? Yeah. And I know from, not from the author world, but from songwriting world, you know, it's it yeah. set up. A lot of people are going because they're trying to nurture that and, help yeah. create that bridge where people learn to become professionals. And it's like, it sounds like, so you, you, you failed this pitch for all intents and purposes. Oh, yeah. I yet, did. And I failed, the, and I failed almost every pitch that weekend, honestly. Yeah. Like, and like yet this relationship, yet this relationship with this agent must've developed over time. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So what is, and, so, and that's, and that's a huge part of, of, uh, again, this was, this was, uh, let's see, almost 10 years ago now. Um, yeah. So I, I, I know that things have changed a little bit. And obviously right now during COVID, it's, it's impossible to go to a conference with the mm-hmm. intention of, you know, meeting people personally and, and pitching yourself to them. But uh, 
Um, but but part of the you know part of the process for me was was building a relationship with this agent um, and and uh, build starting building a relationship uh, where we could trust one another and um, and and where he came to uh, think to himself yeah this this author is somebody who I want to represent his work is 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 some work that I want to see out there you know yeah. And so it's 2020 you've finished a series you're working on a standalone novel um you know agent's not the only gatekeeper you have an agent mm -hmm. so does that mean you're kind of back to square one as far as finding a home for your upcoming projects yeah yeah so i've got a few um kind of back to square one um i have a few ideas that i'm so my current publisher titan books um i've got a few ideas that we're sort of we're kind of bouncing back and forth with some ideas uh, with, uh, on where to potentially go from here um, mm -hmm. with them. Uh, I, which is to say that uh, I have some other thing. ideas. That's a positive agent, thing. Yeah, yeah, that's a, yeah that yeah. is a positive thing for sure. Um, and that may, and you know, it's definitely possible that that may not pan out. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I may come back with, with a bunch of ideas for them and they're like, oh, you know, these aren't, these aren't our cup of tea, which, that would be disappointing for me, but also, you know, that's part of the business. That's, mm -hmm. um, but I, but I have overall really enjoyed working with, with Titan and, and really, like I said, with my editors, I, I've really appreciated my editors. I think they've been, um, not only have made, they made my, you know, the cast queen quintet series better. I think they've also made me a better writer, which I'm grateful for. Um, but, uh, but also my agent and I, my agent and I are kind of bouncing around some ideas that we might take elsewhere. You know, mm. the, the, um, some other places we might try and um, try and get my work out there. So, uh, so, but in a way, you know, back to your question, yeah, it does feel a little bit like I'm back. It's not quite square one because, like you said, I do have an agent, um, but uh, but that's only one of the <laughs> one of the gatekeepers. You know, that's only yeah. one of the hurdles in, in the in the race and uh and there's a lot after that so so I, at this point i feel um i mean i feel cautiously optimistic moving forward you know hopefully yeah. we can get my stuff i i i appreciate i like being uh traditionally published um but i also i have a number of friends of mine are either hybrid authors or uh or 100 independent you know mm -hmm. self-published authors mm -hmm. and uh and i I'm very open to that as well. And there's a part of me, honestly, that's a little bit, I, I want to, I think eventually I want to try self-publishing um, just because I, it's something I would like to try and see what I can do with that as well. You know, um, yeah. I don't know if that would be with like a short story collection of mine or, or something else down the road, but, but it's something I'd at least like to try because I think that there are, um, you know, it's, it's interesting working with a publisher uh, because obviously they they want to sell your books right um but, but publishers have a finite amount of money and and uh they're they can only spend so much money and so much time and effort sort of promoting your stuff right mm -hmm. especially for an author you know especially when i started out i was i was just i was at the bottom of the totem pole you know i i was the brand new author who didn't know anything and hardly had any like connections to speak of you know um and so, uh, and so, you know, publishers, a lot of the money they get from their sort of tentpole authors go back to their bigger authors to, to continue selling books. Mm -hmm. Um, and, 
and so yeah, there, there's there's a lot that's out of my control when it comes to marketing. Not so much out of my control as uh, well. Yeah, there there are some things that are actually out of my control when it comes to marketing because my, my publisher, uh, like for example, uh, my five book series right now, I don't have sort of the authority right now to make my first book free. Right, like mm-hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't mm-hmm. decide to say, oh, okay, from now on, Duskfall is going to be free, and then if you like it, you can buy the other books in the series. You know, yeah. um, that's if I were independently published, I, I could do that, but uh, that's not something I can do with a publisher. And, yeah. and that's, and like I said, I ideally, I don't, I, I, it would be great if I didn't have to think about that stuff at all. You know, which is why I appreciate having a publisher and and uh, and 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 the work that they do uh, from that they do do for me to to market my books, um, but. Uh, I think there are some things I'd like to sort of experiment and play around with when it comes to self-publishing. Cause I think it like self-publishing, there are some tools you can use um, as a self-published author to really get yourself out there, to really market mm-hmm. yourself and take control mm-hmm. of that part of your career. Yeah. Um, which I think is, is a valuable thing. Yeah. Um, it's it not easy. Yeah. I, I will definitely say that. Uh, but, but it's, is there are things you can do to do that. Yeah, and I imagine not all of them are as cost-effective when yeah. your slice of right the the pie is kind of predetermined. Right. Yeah. 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 That's that's a big part of it. Because um, yeah, some of them, yeah, some of them aren't worth aren't worth trying for me right now, or or my publisher trying, for example. I mean, like like I don't blame them for not just deciding to make my first book free because I think they have their own algorithms and and their own sort of. Uh, you know, the strategy that they're going with. And I think that that's great. Um, yeah. But, uh, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting process. Um, so we'll see where things go from here. I mean, I, like I said, I feel cautiously optimistic. I, I'm really excited about the, the books that I am working on right now. And I, um, you know, I'd love to see them in print again uh, or in print, you know, in the future. But, uh, and I think I will one way or another, I guess you know, but, uh, we'll see. Yeah. Well, changing tax is there, do you going back a ways, I guess, you know, for anybody who's inspired to see you succeeding. Right. Mm -hmm. I imagine that because I was, I was reading your story, um, of how you got into it. It sounded like there was a lot of time when you were experimenting with writing and then giving it up. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. just as we do when we're kids and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yep. And, I know for me, I can clearly identify moments in my creative path where there was a particular teacher or mentor figure who kind of unlocked something for me that allowed me to feel self-permission to lean into into that. And I'm wondering who or what circumstances that might have been for you. Yeah, that's a really, that's a really good question. Uh, and I, I think I have a couple answers for that. Um, so I, I mean, I, for, first of all, uh, yeah, um, my parents, I kind of joke with my parents sometimes because they, uh, they were always so supportive of me just kind of pursuing my thing. Mm. But at the same time, I could always kind of tell that they were a little bit worried. They're like, are you sure you don't want to like study, uh, you know, medicine or you know something that'll be a little bit like a profession that will be a little bit more stable stable and mm-hmm. and uh but but at the same time I, I give them credit because they really 
when I, when it was clear that this is what I wanted to do, they were very like, even from a young age, you know, even when I w was in high school or middle school and I'd say, Oh, maybe I want to be a writer. They'd say, that's great. You should, you should give it a try, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, not, not everybody has that kind of support or, or, or privilege or whatever you want to call it, you know, yeah. growing up. And, and that's something that I'm grateful for. Yeah. Um, but, but I think what really, cause when I got to college, I, I sort of had, I still had these aspirations of being a writer in the back of my head, but I think sort of the professional, you know, I probably need to make money at some point in my life was also, you know, I was having this, this, uh, this war in my head, you know, like, mm -hmm. um, and I, and it was taking, uh, so I went to Brigham Young University where Brandon Sanderson teaches a creative writing class, uh, mm -hmm. once a year. And I took that class from him back in, let's see, I want to say it was like 2000 and 2007 or 2008. It was, it was right after it had been announced that he was going to finish the wheel of time series. Mm. So, so he was doing well, you know, he was, he, he was with tour and he, he had a couple books out his Elantris. And I think the first Mistborn or maybe the first two Mistborn books were out and he was doing well, but he really, um, you know, with the, with the wheel of time announcement, he really started to see, um, it's to get a lot more attention. Kind of, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so it was kind of cool, first of all, to be in his class when, when that was happening, but, uh, but also he, I really appreciate how he approached creative writing in his class because he was basically, um, he was like, look, you can be a create, like you can write books for a living. Um, and that was something that nobody had actually, like, I, I understood that if I wrote a book and, and was lucky enough to have it become like a decent seller that then I could make a living, you know, mm -hmm. but, but nobody had told me that like, just unequivocally, I could make a living writing books, you know, if, I was willing to work hard enough for it. Mm -hmm. you know? yeah. um, and I think that that was a, the big moment for me where I said, Oh, uh, if I'm willing to work hard enough for it. Okay. Am I willing, first of all, am I willing to work hard enough for it? And second of all, okay. Y it turns out, yes, I think I am. Um, what then do I need to do? And, uh, and his class, you know, he talked about a lot of things that I could do in that class. In fact, the, my, my strategy for approaching agents was, uh, was something I, I got from his class and that's how he got his agent was going to a conference and more or less doing, you know, um, doing what I did. And, and, uh, and so I definitely credit him, uh, in that class for sort of, um, like you kind of, you phrase it a little bit this way, I think giving me permission to, to, yeah. to do this, you know, to saying, yeah, it's okay. Like give it a try. And, I, and of course there's with any profession, with, with any career, I think there's a possibility that it's not going to work out. Right. Um, and, and I think it's important for, for anything that you do to maybe understand that you, that at some point I may need to look for other options. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, but, but, but approaching writing with this idea that, okay, if I work hard enough, you know, if I, if I produce enough books, uh, you know, if, if I work hard enough at my craft, if, if I, if I, uh, study and read and write, uh, I, there, then maybe I can do this. And so, and that's when I kind of decided, uh, I didn't decide right in that moment cause I ended up finishing my, my bachelor's degree. And then I actually got an MFA in creative writing, mm -hmm. um, which was, which was really good. I, I thought that that was a really good experience for me. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it for everybody. I was fortunate that I, I got an MFA from a program that was, uh, relatively, uh, inexpensive mm -hmm. and, uh, but also fairly high quality as well. Um, and I learned a lot from that. I mostly focused on short stories during my MFA. 
um, which was good in that it helped me kind of hone my language a little bit and and focus on on some of the more uh, detailed aspects of like my writing craft. Yeah. But uh, but at the same time, I think uh, I, I wasn't working on novels at that point, which is ultimately what I wanted to do. You know, um, and and I think uh, yeah. So so. So it was really good. I appreciated it. I think I learned a lot from it. I don't think I learned anything that anybody couldn't learn from uh, from a few years of studying books and, and reading and and yeah. uh, and learning in general. But I think it was probably a lot more accelerated, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, so anyway, I, I did appreciate my MFA program, and I think it helped me. But right after that is when I um, uh, so I guess technically I wrote the first draft of Duskfall, Duskfall between my undergraduate and graduate degrees. I took a year off and then did short stories during my MFA. And then when I graduated, kind of sat down and, and was like, and my, my wife and I, we were married at the time, didn't have any kids. Uh, we sat down and I sort of, you know, she, she'd always been aware that I wanted to be a writer. And mm-hmm. um, we were fortunate in that she had a job, uh, you know, a, a career that was, that was blossoming at the time. And so we just kind of sat down and said, okay, I think this is what I need to do if I want to potentially see, you know, some, something come of, of this. Um, and we kind of said, okay, let's try it for a couple of years and see if we can make anything work. And if we can, great. And if not, then I would look for other things to do, you know? Yeah. That's... And fortunately around, right around the end of that, of that, I can't remember if it was two or three years or I think it was probably two years right around, right around the end of that sort of deadline is when I, uh, when I, my agent picked me up. So, mm. um, and things have just kind of gone well since then. So. Yeah. And that's great. And it's nice to have that support too. Yeah. I, I think, um, yeah. Having having a, a supportive environment around you, whether it's you know a spouse or or other family members or or even roommates, you know in college or whatever, like uh, really any, any it can be so helpful. Um, which is not to say that a writer couldn't make it, you know, without those things necessarily, but oh, it only helps, mm-hmm. and it helps so much. At least for me, you know, it was just yeah. All right, and um, there's so much that goes into being in a good headspace to create on yeah. an ongoing basis, right? That, Absolutely. Yeah, those foundations are helpful. And so it sounds like once you understood, like you heard directly, right, from somebody who's doing it, that like, that yes, there is a business. It's not this mythical creature yeah. in right. this publishing world. And, you know, it's just like anything else. And if you want it, you, you can you can do it exactly yeah yeah Yeah. and that was uh because yeah like i said nobody had said that to me in those terms before you know i've been told that yeah i could try being a writer and i might make it but i but there was always the emphasis on like but you should have another job (laughs) you know like like you should have another career uh because uh, chances are it won't work um and so i i had spent my life sort of gearing myself up for that approach um but then to hear you know brandon sanderson talk about well i really think if you work hard enough um you can make a living as a writer that that changed my approach for sure yeah that's a good thing to hear early on like i'm i'm in my middle age now and Mm -hmm. i i have the benefit of having done a lot of things now that i can confidently assert that 
every path is in its way equally hard, whether it's the safe thing to do or not safe thing to do, because like I did the corporate thing and it's not actually a secure path (laughs) (laughs) and it's a very easy place to get stuck and you know, just as easy as anything else. And they do lay, they do lay off doctors go through contract renegotiations and right. Right. I think that's a really good point to make. Um, Cause I, yeah, I mean, ultimately, I mean, some careers are more stable than others and in different ways than others, but, but, uh, but man, if I, I really, yeah, I, I've, I've just really found that if I am willing to treat my, I mean, it sounds redundant, but if I'm willing to treat my work like a job, right. <laughs> um, if I'm willing to work at it, uh, consistently, uh, every day, uh, then I'm, you know, I, I may not find, I may not be, a, you know, rich or something, but I, yeah. but I can, I can make money. I can make a living yeah. doing something that I really love. Yeah. Which is, and, you know, if you, if you have a six figure salary and six figure debt, you know, right. your, your, your yeah. standard of living is about the same. It's about the same. No, that's very true. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for, for people who want to learn more about you, how can they do that? Uh, yeah, you know, I, uh, so I have a website, ChristopherHusberg.com. Um, now that I mention it, I think it's due for an update, uh, now that book five is coming out, but, uh, but yeah, or I have a blog, which is linked through the website. Um, Mm. you can find me on Facebook. Um, you know, I have a professional page on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm, my books are on, are on Amazon. They're in Barnes and Noble. Uh, most bookstores carry my books, so you should be able to find them. Cool. Um, are you internationally carried as well? Yeah. So I am, uh, let's see, you can find my books in definitely in the UK. Um, but you can also, I have a contract in Germany book. Let's see what book four should be coming out in Germany pretty soon now. Um, and, uh, and uh, they haven't, they haven't, uh, they're in the process of producing them, but. Um, is there an audiobook in the works? Oh, yeah, there is an audiobook. There's actually, mm-hmm. there's actually two versions that you can find a regular audiobook on Audible, um, which is great. Um, the narrator does a really great job. Uh, also, Graphic Audio uh, does uh, production of my books, which is a full cast version with like hmm. uh, a soundtrack and um, and sound effects, and uh, and they actually just got acquired by Audible, so I think that should be moving to Audible pretty soon as well. Um, but you could also just check them out check them out at uh, GraphicAudio.com. Um, yeah, so audiobooks available. Um, yeah, all the things exciting. Well, Christopher, thank you for being part of the Fearless Storyteller. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me. I really appreciate it. I'm grateful to have this discussion with you. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of the Fearless Storyteller. As a reminder, any and all links can be found in the show notes. And if you're enjoying this podcast, will you please consider leaving a review? By doing so, you'll be helping new listeners discover the Fearless Storyteller podcast.